We got an update on the Miles Bridges situation, and somebody's going to join the pod that actually think there's some positivity to talk about this offseason for Charlotte. We'll discuss it today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. If you're watching right now, you see an old familiar face. You saw the graphic. Then you got excited, despite this guy just cramering his way into the podcast and then going Dave Chappelle, <laughs> stomping his muddy boots on the couch. It's not Edwards, man. Not how are you doing? Muddy boots, sir. I make money now. They're muddy Jordans. They're just the, they're the, they're the burner Jordans, sir. Very good. <laughs> Again, respect the respect the position, please. I apologize. One, I don't know why you're getting your Jordans muddy though. That seems like that's on you. I don't know why you're doing that. If Did you got you not money, hear the money part. Did you not hear the money part? <laughs> so you'll just buy some new ones. You'll just buy yes, some exactly. new ones. That's totally fine. That's the voice of Nada Edwards. You can find him producing the Ion College Basketball Podcast, although it seems like you've been producing a lot over there with the CBS affiliate. I'm glad to have you talk a little bit of NBA and some Charlotte Hornets in just a moment. Um, we'll get to some positivity you actually think has surrounded at least a little bit of the Hornets, maybe just not as negative as Doug and I have talked about. Because we mm-hmm. put it on him yesterday, Doug. Everybody was catching strays. Marco Bellinelli caught some more. JB caught some more. The Hornets did from Popular Podcast. And we were giving it, uh, so giving him some, not strays. We were just pretty much aiming right at him. Uh, yeah, well, listen, I haven't liked the inaction of this season. Uh, we're going to get into it uh, mm-hmm. in, in the second segment for sure. I, I've, I'm, I'm interested, though, to hear not an Edwards perspective because it's like him and two people that comment on our YouTube videos yeah. that I've seen be, be somewhat positive about the inaction that we've seen. So I'm interested to hear his thoughts. All right. We'll hold on off the, on that for just a moment. We'll get to that in segment two, but we do have a miles bridges update to get to. So there was a hearing yesterday. Miles bridges appeared in the Los Angeles court for a preliminary hearing on that felony domestic violence charge that stemmed from his July arrest. Bridges' court date, it was rescheduled to Friday, September 16th. So, in other words, there was a continuance. He faces one felony count of injuring a child's parent and two felony counts of child abuse under circumstances or conditions likely to cause great bodily injury or death. Doug, I know you've been, we've all been paying attention to what's taking place here with Miles Bridges. So I thought there was a shot that we would actually get some information here, but we don't. Instead, we're going to September 16th. This seems like it's just going to continue to drag out for the long haul, and we'll see what kind of information comes our way. Yeah, there's just no way to tell. Uh, this, I, I was skeptical that we would get answers this soon. I, I thought a continuance uh, was definitely a possibility, and, and honestly, further delays could be a possibility. But I don't want to read in into anything in, involving this continuance because I think it's impossible. There's just a variety of reasons that, that things get continued, delayed within this legal process when you're talking about a criminal prosecution. And, and to speculate, to, to, to say anything about how this case is going to turn out based on one continuance, I think is irresponsible. 
Yeah, don't know how it's going to play out. Nada, we have not had you on the podcast since this arrest came in. Not to ask about the overall, because this is something that's clearly not positive, and we're trying to figure out what the Hornets could have done in response to this arrest that yeah. Miles Bridges turned himself in for. But what do you make of everything that has gone on, at least not with Miles Bridges, but just how the Hornets can respond and exactly the Miles Bridges part in all of this, like that specific factor to the offseason. That's the hard part because one, I think we've talked about this before. I don't expect him back in 2022. The earliest I expect him back 2023 at the earliest. And that may be post trade deadline type thing where the case is going to continue to drag because it only helps Miles Bridges for this to continue out to drag out to continue to waste, unfortunately, taxpayer money, because at some point you think that the prosecutors are going to go, OK, we're going to let this go. We're going to have a plea deal where you get to plead not guilty or whatever. Then that's the big thing I think we got to remember about this. As long as he doesn't plead guilty, they can't suspend him the minute he pleads guilty. That's it. That's where we're going with this. That That's going to be an automatic suspension. Adam Silver has the power to suspend him. So it's in Miles Bridges' lawyer's best case to get this expunged or get him to not plead guilty or find a, find a plea deal that basically doesn't hold him guilty of this. That's the big thing about this. But the bigger thing is, I think the Hornets have like no other recourse, unfortunately, but to be in limbo. Now, granted, there are certain things that they could have done. Backup point guard, probably one of them. But for the most part, this team is going to be held in limbo because unfortunately, like this is a legal matter. This is a sensitive legal matter. And anything that you can do around this team clearly revolved around, hey, Miles Bridges being a part of this team for a very, very long time. Or if not, and this is a big thing, being able to sign and trade him and move him on and build around whatever was what was coming from him. Well, Miles Bridges is certainly operating um, as if uh, he's preparing for this upcoming season. We've seen him in a, a, a number of videos, yes. tra training in different locations with in the uh, background, right? In, he's the background, in the background, yeah, I was good, yes. yeah. <laughs> rarely, rarely is he getting tagged. I think right. for obvious reasons, um, but he's he certainly seems to be preparing as if uh, he is going to play in in some form. Uh, this this upcoming season and and the Hornets will eventually have to say something about this now Miles Bridges has not signed uh, his qualifying offer as far as I know the qualifying offer uh, is is still out there um, and and can't be pulled unless the Hornets and Miles Bridges decide both uh, mutually decide to part ways uh, that that can't go away but Miles Bridges has not signed that qualifying offer either so as Nada was saying things are in limbo but as we get closer to training camp and media day, the Hornets are going to have to say more than the the nothing, the barely anything that we've heard so far. The problem is, I think it's going to be more of the same, though, just because I do think that as long as this legal process plays out, I think they're going to say we're going to let the legal process play out until then. Miles Bridges isn't going to play. That's what my guess would be because it would oh, be. I have a better one for you guys. All right, let's hear it. What, I, what is your statement? We do not on talk behalf? about people that are actively that are not actively on this roster. He's technically he's not a part of the roster right now. Yeah, like, that's a great one too. Oh, His locker room those technicalities. Yeah. yeah, here comes Nada. That's I mean that's a good point though. No, you're absolutely you right. Like they're 
there are a couple ways for the Hornets to just continue to push this along, saying, hey, we're not going to comment on it. One, maybe going with the statement you did, or just saying we're going to let the legal pl- process play out, and then we're going to decide from there. Nada, you did say one thing, and then you know we'll, we'll move on to try to talk a little bit more about the Hornets offseason, but you were saying tax dollars continuing to go to this type of court he's going to uh or this trial miles bridge is going to continue as long as he can right he's going to ask for a continuance it's just interesting to me and we don't NBA, know but we don't yeah, know, yeah we don't I, don't I don't know if we know the details yeah. behind the continuance no. as to who asked for it or what the circumstances were behind miles bridges and his party his defense attorney right that that party in general or that you know who knows right like you would ex- yeah that's what Nada you were saying like you would expect that to take place um but I, I do wonder with the NBA stance in here, like if Miles did not play in the NBA and you did not have that rule in the collective uh, collective bargaining agreement where Adam Silver has power to do whatever he wants, if somebody is found guilty or somebody pleads guilty, then that's when Adam Silver has the power, which is what we saw with Jeffrey Taylor. In fact, the uh, in fact, Michelle Roberts, remember, actually was mm-hmm. ready to fight for Jeffrey Taylor because mm-hmm. they were going to suspend him. And the NBA, she just she said the NBA didn't have any basis for that, given on, you know, the facts that were confirmed or officially out there. But Jeffrey Taylor just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead with the over 20 game suspension. Like, I'm not going to fight this and instead just let it play out. And so that's partly, I think, why we saw Jeffrey Taylor have the longest suspension we've seen, especially in an era where we are deservedly more sensitive to domestic violence right now um, and trying to put an emphasis on that not being okay. And I'm pretty sure we'll never see that kind of length of suspension again unless they redo the CBA. I feel very confident in that because that's going to have to be one of those things that they collectively agree upon. And then on top of that, we're going to have to start talking about legal ramifications. There's a reason why generally when you have, unfortunately, there's a reason why there's only 10 games usually that when a player commits domestic or inter-partner violence that you see 10 games because that's, I believe that's the collectively bargained rate on that. But the big thing is, and it's all about, as I said before, like Miles Bridges needs to come back with this and not needs to come back not guilty because otherwise we're not seeing him and it behooves him to continue to run this out and to continue to say, Hey, either you have something or you don't. And if he, they do have something, then they need to show it and get this along because unfortunately I don't think you can bring miles bridges into camp with all of this around. Oh no. Yeah. One, no. he's not signed that that's the big thing. He hasn't signed his qualifying offer. And two, more importantly at this point, like this is such a nightmare and there are not enough there's not enough communication there's not enough of, of a PR campaign because as you if you've seen what I've said on Twitter the first thing I would have done if I was the Hornets would have been hey there's these amount of domestic violence shelters in the area how much money do you need how much money do you need to expand that would have been my first move and th- since that has not happened and I I kind of understand why because it's a sensitive you don't want to necessarily imply that miles is guilty but at the same time that kind of campaign needs to be in action there are other things that they haven't done yet that i feel kind of confident that need to happen before you even think about bringing him back and that's why again don't expect him to see until 2023 at the earliest honestly
All right, let's move on to the second segment. Let's try to have some more fun here. Certainly won't with the first Absolutely. segment topic, but we do have some other things to address this offseason, and that's why we brought Nada. So coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Nada thinks we've been too hard on Charlotte, specifically regarding what's taken place and really what hasn't taken place this offseason. He'll share those thoughts coming up next. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. It's covered in chocolate, 100% chocolate. Built has done it again. It's got the chewy texture. It has real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, they're covered not only in 100% chocolate where it's like a candy bar, but that candy bar is good for you. It's actually low in calories. It's low in sugar, but it's high in protein, and it's high in fiber. Where do you go to get them? I'll tell you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, you use promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Not as thoughts coming up next, Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire time. four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just put them anywhere. Have, you just have one out Stack there. them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada has been listening to us in his free time, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much for checking in back at home, making sure you call the parents every once in a while. Thank you for checking in, but you also think we're we've gone a little too hard on the hornets right like you think yes. we're actually taking it to them a little too much yeah no I, th- I think you guys are kind of being a little hard because wow. they're in they, they are uh, again and this is me trying to be mr positivity uh which it's is weird. really not my role but they're that this we'll is yeah the right. turntables have definitely turned here this is yeah, not they're, this they're, is absolutely not your role and in fact i think leaving this podcast uh, has has turned you into a completely different person when it comes You've to the changed, show. You've changed, man. So, You've so changed. what I'm saying is, I think we should discredit whatever you're about to say, even before you say it. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Uh, well, you were going to say that anyway. But first things first. Like, I do want to address the whole. They should have kept age. They should have drafted the second guy with with the 14th with the. Okay. Uh, I feel very passionate about. Yeah, that. same I, here, no, bro. I've heard. You came, I've heard. You came into the I've fire. Heard. I, I've heard, I've heard you like the big thing about that is, and I want to ask like, we, do we remember exactly what happened with James Booknight and the fact that he thought he was worthy of playing and he didn't. And that ended up being a problem. Like, I think we're kind of forgetting the people part, which Mitch kind of clumsily mentioned in that post post draft presser where he was like, we have guys that got clogged up in the pipeline for better work for like, for the lack of a better paraphrase, like that I think needs to be brought up a little bit more. Like Kai Jones got held up in the process. Um, Thor got held up in the process. Book Knight got held up in the process. And then we add, then you're going to add another third rookie on a first year contract who's seeing his minutes get depressed. And at the same time, that's probably going to hurt him on the back end of a first on a second year contract. Like I kind of understand the thought process if you look at the people aspect, the GM aspect, you're absolutely right. I'm not going to argue with that second pick, but who are you going to get? Were you going to get Jalen Johnson 2.0? Oh, I mean, a- oh, I'm sorry. I mean, a- AJ Griffin. Um, were you going to do that? Like, there are certain things, like, I understand why everybody got mad about the pick, 
but I also think people did not hear Mitch exactly when he said, yo, look, we don't have the development. You, you want to go, Doug? You got it? Uh, yeah, Maybe look, I mean, I, I understand what you're referencing. James Booknight was was not uh, happy about his playing time last season and uh, made it known to, to James Borrego on the bench, apparently, you know, tried to step up on him. But look, you know, if, if players are going to have a problem like that, there's a real easy solution. It's called Greensboro. You know, that's, a, that's it's real easy. If you're not good enough to play and beat out the veteran, then you go to Greensboro because honestly, the the rookie scale contracts are so low risk and and they're and it's such a low dollar amount that if a player is not earning playing time, it, it's not that big of a deal, especially when you're drafting in the mid. It'd be different, I guess, if you're drafting one, two, three, and you're expecting that player to immediately come in and make an impact. But when you're drafting 13, 14, 15, you know, it, that, that's not necessarily the expectation that that rookie comes in and immediately demands minutes. And those picks, even if they don't play, I mean, we haven't even seen Abaji yet. And he was valuable Fair. enough to be used in a deal to acquire Donovan Mitchell. So I look, if people are upset that they're not uh, playing, then you know what? Here's a, get better. Hey, James Booknight, get better. Kai Jones, get better. JT Thor. JT Thor did get playing time. He demanded playing time via what the coaching staff saw. But at the same time, like G League stats don't count on your second contract. And I think we have to remember that. These guys worry about their second contract every single day. And play and better. To, I, I don't disagree with you on the play better thing, but at the same point, if you're going to have a coach, now mind you, you have Borrego, who was loyal to the vets. We think Steve Clifford is acting any different, if not worse, when it comes yeah. to loyalty to the to Fair. The, Like, we think that's going to change? Because I don't. Yeah, that that's fair. The James Book Night part, where you discuss the people part being important. Man, you know, play better for sure, but also draft better. And you kicked that can down the road for a worse pick if James Book Night doesn't actually pan out. Like, to me to have an asset for that player to possibly work out or not everybody's created equal. Like James Booknight's attitude towards not playing doesn't have to be this next guy's attitude towards not Kai playing. Jones didn't react that way. And I would argue Kai uh, Jones, this, yeah. this, I would argue this. He didn't try to fight the coach, not, I mean, he didn't try to fight fair. the coach. <laughs> but, but no, there, was a, there was a whole bunch of, there was, there was a whole bunch of subtweets. We got a whole well, bunch of like That's fine. And look, they can subtweet. That's fine. Look, if if you're as a this player, season. Look, if you're if you're a player and you don't want to play, then that's a whole another problem. Like a player Fair. should want to get playing time. You know, I think James Booknight took it to a to an unacceptable level. I don't think necessarily that that you should be afraid of that and, and not acquire assets or or at the least if you're going to move an asset like a first round pick Hey, don't do it for a worse first round pick. Yeah. And to be so, fair, let, let's be fair here on that one, though. Let's be fair. Look, did Utah going. fall in love with those picks that the Knicks were trying to give away? Because they were trying to give, give them away for Donovan. And Utah was like, nah, we want real picks. No, those the aren't Knicks, real firsts. The reports are that the Knicks wanted to hold on to some stuff so they could go after a second piece in order to put alongside Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson. So, like, really, when you're talking about those three picks, the reports were that maybe that third one was unprotected. Maybe it was top five, top three, whatever. And then you had the whole RJ Barrett side of this. For me, I would argue that Kai Jones, this 
was always going to be the process for him, man. Like you said it too. Fair. Like during the pre-draft process, we knew it was going to like it was at least going to be a year. And I think some people thought it might take two before he's actually ready. They traded up to get a project. They did not trade yeah. up to get somebody ready to play now. James Booknight, I thought was going to play now. But just because I was wrong in my assessment, maybe Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets were wrong in their assessment. To me, it doesn't mean that you just don't draft another dude because you don't want a younger asset. You've got too many young guys. What if, and just Malachi Branham was somebody I like, so I bring him up. But what if you drafted a Branham or anybody? Just pick your draft favorite draft player that was still available. And they come in and they have an impressive summer league. They have an impressive preseason. And then they get 15 to 20 minutes per game because it's warranted. That. That was still a possibility. But on and Mitch Kupchak team? has demonstrated decent draft, uh, decent draft decisions before. And I, I wanted to see that rather than trading it for the pick that they did in the future. I, I like I said, I get it. I completely understand the whole idea of I wanted to see another body in here. But where were those minutes coming from? Are we sure that Kelly Oubre wasn't going to stay in Cliff's good side? We sure like. We're not sure Book Knight's going to be on Cliff's good side. We're not sure Kai's going to be on good. Actually, we I know Kai is not going to be on Cliff's good side. Um, Thor, <laughs> maybe. But there are a lot of vets on this team. There's a lot of old wood that unless you're telling me, yo, we're pulling the plug. We're, again, this whole Miles thing is going to be a complete disaster. We're going to be bad. We're going to trade all of our vets. Like, unless you're telling me that, there was no path for these guys to play, I don't but, think. But, but they might, though. They might trade their vets. That's but an actual thing that could build happen. Build the roster on might. You can't. No, but but you're saying they might not, right? Like this, you you play, you you accumulate talent as much as possible to get ready for any situation that comes your way. Cleveland situation where you have a whole bunch of talent and you're ready to make that move or Charlotte situation where we're throwing a whole bunch of darts at the dartboard and hoping we get a roster from it like that. And they kind of did that when they've had the second round picks pan out. They did that when they had first round picks pan out. Uh, you know, I get it. The, the, the one thing, I'll, the redeeming quality we heard was that next year's draft class is going to be a lot better. Is it going to be better enough? for that drop in their selection to actually get a better player than 15 or 13 overall. I don't know. I think so. But, but, like, but depending on who you talk to, this draft is 10 franchise players deep, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah. But, and that's fair. That's fair enough. But I, I really hope it is because the Hornets got a worse draft pick. So I certainly hope that is the case. Okay. Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell. We were obviously, we've been upset on this show. Uh, people in the comments are are asking that we get Kleenex as a sponsor because we've been crying about it so much. And you mm. know what? Honestly, I'll take them. I'll take any sponsor. Kleenex. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Wow. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do anything for money. So um, just let me know, Kleenex. Oh, but, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, how do you feel, Nada, about the Donovan Mitchell situation? Do you find some silver linings in the idea that the Hornets did not acquire Donovan Mitchell? This team was going to be 10 regardless. And I and I still believe that. Like this team was going to be 10. There there are nine better teams in the East. It depend on maybe, maybe eight, depending on what you think about what Lonzo's going to do or when Lonzo's coming back because Chicago's got so many injury issues. Yeah. Miami's worse. Like you are going to be in the mix for the, for, for the plan regardless. Donovan Mitchell was only going to guarantee you a home game in that plan. That's about it. So 
at first, was I upset that they didn't make that deal because it seemed kind of relatively easy to do? Yes. Upon second thought, I was, I kind of understood, especially if you feel like Miles Bridges is going to hold you in limbo and you don't know if or when he comes back and if or when you have to pay him. And unfortunately, if he's found not guilty, you're going to have to pay him something resembling his actual salary uh, in the upper 20s. And that's going to throw your entire cap sheet off. So I completely understand why that piece has held them in limbo. But for the most part, I feel like Donovan Mitchell would have just guaranteed this team seven. And if that's going to be the case, is it worth just shelling out that many assets to it? And I'm not necessarily so sure anymore. Well, I just want to say that I don't think the Hornets have to do anything. Um, the, the legal process will play out how it plays out, but the Hornets can make the determination as to whether they want to. They they believe that the legal process reflected what actually happened, uh, which oftentimes in these kind of domestic violence situations it does not. Um, so yeah. the the Hornets as an organization will have to m- make that determination if they want to continue with Miles Bridges as a part of of their future. Uh, but on the Donovan Mitchell point, I would just point out. That early in the season, uh, last season, you know, with with Miles Bridges playing at, at the level that he was playing at, and uh, a healthy Gordon Hayward who was contributing somewhat, and Lamelo Ball, you had a team that I thought, you know, a quarter of the way through the season, I thought, hey, forget play in, I think this team could compete for a six or a five seed, um, and so I, I just see adding Donovan Mitchell as a way for the Hornets to get to the talent level that is required, required to get into no, club playoffs. And I think, I think they could have, you know, had, I think they had the opportunity to do that. And, and I think ultimately they whiffed on this and they've whiffed on a lot of opportunities to improve this team. And now I feel like they are in this mushy middle of, uh, and, and this goes to a point you were saying, you know, they're in this mushy middle now where they're not necessarily in tank mode and, and willing to give these young players an opportunity to show what they can do and what they can't do, but they're not in a mode where they're really a legitimate threat to make the playoffs. Yeah, I've, I've sat the fence on this quite a bit with Donovan Mitchell. I've done that right. I would have understood both ways. It is a lot to give up for Donovan. My question is to you, Doug, though, because you said the Hornets did whiff on this. Did they whiff because they had enough to get the deal done and, and just decided not to and Cleveland swooped in? Or do you think that the Hornets actually did try to give up something similar and they just decided to deal with Cleveland because they liked that package better? Well, I I have no sauces, so uh, this is going to be a little bit of recu- reckless speculation here. I mean, I could play, you know, just to yeah, just to make sure. You might as well go ahead. Get, get, make get, sure get, that yeah. we're safe here. I don't want to speculate. We do know from the reports that the Charlotte Hornets had some kind of offer to Utah that the people in the organization uh, found interesting. Uh, what We don't know the details of that offer. I, I've said that I think the organization, if they were savvy, <laughs> should sneakily leak out some of those details to prove to uh, fans that the, the Hornets <laughs> were a legitimate player in this in this thing. But it was Cleveland who re-engaged. Yes, what? That's right. You wanted, you wanted them to, them to become the enemy, Doug. You wanted them to say, look, I heard Mitch Kupchak wow. gave a godfather offer to the Utah Jazz, but it was Utah who decided not to do it. You well, wanted listen, some Sam Amick, Danny Ainge stuff. 
Yeah, when things get desperate, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, I think that's the situation that we find ourselves in. I'm a man in the desert. I, I would, as a fan, I would take it. Just give me a little bit of Ainge. I'm a man in the desert. I'm crawling through the desert. I need an oasis. If, even if it's not real, I need to stuff sand in my mouth as if it were water. That's how desperate I am for the idea, the idea that this organization is operating from a place of strategy and not monetary considerations from a point of, hey, we need to compete as soon as possible with LaMelo Ball in order to convince him long term that this organization is serious about competing for an Eastern Conference championship. I, I don't believe that right now. And this Donovan Mitchell situation does not help me in that belief. Can can we talk about this? But I know we got to go to break. Can we talk about that Don that Lamella Ball point because I think it's kind of overstated a little bit. Sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Easy <laughs> for you to say. You don't have to come on the show and deal with Walker every day. Okay. It's easy for you to just come in here as a guest now and just throw out things like overstated. It's fine. So we'll so, talk about it. So you are still on this stray mode that in a conversation between you and Nada now I'm catching him. Right. I mean, is that what's going on? You really need to watch what you're doing here, Doug. Everybody is getting hurt pew, despite pew, you pew. trying to hurt one person. All right, coming up next. Coming up next, Lockdown Hornets. Jeez. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. <laughs> Probably catch a stray in the third segment. We'll see exactly who does. And also we'll get not as thoughts on the LaMelo ball situation as far as whether he would like to leave in the future if he thinks the Hornets are building something better for the future. That's coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, <laughs> I got. I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nadi wanted to talk about how that LaMelo point is overstated. Share your thoughts yeah. on the LaMelo thing. I, I don't worry about this initial rookie contract because he's qualified for so many of those, so many of the bonuses that he's going to get $200 million to stay. I'm not worried about the competitiveness. And the last thing I'm going to do is take my information about LaMelo's happiness on a Twitter, a random Twitter account that's gotten more right than wrong. And I'm not talking about Rick Buecher. So we have uh, that. The, that Twitter. You can go ahead and say at Doug Branson, LOH. It's fine. You can give me, <laughs> you can promote my Twitter. No, that, 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 that wasn't you this time. That wasn't you this time. But more importantly, I'm not going to like LaMelo's been here all summer. Does he want to work? Does he like, I actually think he likes his place. Yeah. So he's going to work. He's going to do his thing. He loves being in Charlotte. He knows he, the game and the game is, yo, you're going to sign this max extension. And if you're going to worry about the max extension, worry about how much it hamstrings, what they can do, not necessarily worry about whether or not he's going to sign it. It's very overstated because you know, who take, you know, who doesn't take $200 million morons. That's it. That's the only people that don't take $200 million. It's true. That's why I don't think it's overstated, but not because I think he's going to decline the max extension. It's because we know stars have been very successful in taking on that money and then moving on after they sign the contract. Fair. That's the part. So they can sign this and LaMelo can sign this because that's one thing. There is no precedent to look to and say, LaMelo could take a page out of that book. Nobody has declined that much money after a rookie scale contract. 
But we have seen players after that big boy extension decide, I don't really care. I want to force my way out because I don't like this team anymore and I'd rather play elsewhere. And I think that's where you start to have to figure out how in the world do you make this guy happy and make sure that he stays in this town um, trying to build towards the future. I I do worry that we do kind of overstate that because, you know, the one guy that we I think we have to learn from this on, Ben Simmons. We did not hear about his settlement. And if you do the math, if the settlement was very favorable in his little holdout, do you know who would have reported it? Shams, because Shams is a clutch guy. That's the type, like, if that was going to be the big win of, oh, my God, we get players can sit out and still make their money and still settle. We'd have heard it from Shams. We heard it from Woj. Woj is generally the team executive guy. Yeah. So otherwise that was going to sl- sl- slide by. So I don't think people like, I don't think we're going to get to a point where he's going to where LaMelo signs that contract. He's going to force his way out because one, I think there's going to be a new CBA in there Two, yeah. the Ben Simmons corollary, like, you're not going to be able to sit out and not play and get paid. You're going to be, you're going to have to eat a lot of money in order to not do that. And I'm not sure Lamella is willing to do that yet. All right. Is it time, Doug? Is it, is it wheel of random Hornets content time? Can you bring that up? There it is. It is beautiful. And we are jamming. Oh yeah. What yes. is it? I can't. Yes. <laughs> is this what you wanted? Wow. MJ or chicken soup? I can barely see it on my graphic here, but yes. Wow. Michael Jordan or chicken soup? Doug, please explain this. Oh, are you ready for this? Are you ready to play the game that everyone in America has been talking about? I'm, of course, speaking of Michael Jordan or chicken soup. I have to come (laughs) back to the three shot for this because I got to get some stuff up on my screen. All right. So the way this game is played is I'm going to read you a quote. And you have to tell me, is the quote from Michael Jordan or is the quote from the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jack Canfield? (laughs) And and if you're thinking this is going to be easy, uh, you would be incorrect. Oh, no, I don't I don't think that at all. Uh, Who knew that MJ would have some stuff in common with things you could find in Chicken Soup for the Soul? All right. Yeah, I'm a little scared, Nada. How confident are you? I know, you I'm terrified. I, the minute he started laughing and being excited about this, yeah, that's I need right. to be scared. I've that's worked so with right. this man long enough you, to know. Yeah, that's right. You have not forgotten since you've left us here on Lockdown Hornets that when Doug laughs maniacally, it only means trouble coming for us and some chaos. Mm-hmm. So, Doug, have you done, uh, are you done bringing things up to the computer screen that you need to in order for us to play this game? Uh, yes, I'm ready to go. Are All you right, ready to go? Oh, no, but it doesn't matter. I'll be I'm as ready as are I you to you two are the contestants. We'll start with our guest, Nada Edwards. Nada, is this Michael Jordan or chicken soup? I believe that people make their own luck by great preparation and great strategy. That feels like a Jack Canfield quote more than a Michael Jordan quote. That is correct. Nada oh, I Edwards. I was thinking MJ. I almost felt like I heard him say that before, but that was apparently it's close. There, there's yeah. something similar. That was so close. I would have got that so wrong. I'm glad I didn't go first. All right, here we go. Next quote. Is this Michael Jordan or chicken soup? Success doesn't stop when you get there. Walker. That sounds like chicken soup. Nope. 
That's Michael Jordan. No, why, do you, why do you know the difference, Nada? Why you know who is good at basketball. Tell. Michael Jordan. Uh, okay, okay, Nada, are you ready? Can you give me a ceiling is the roof quote next time? I know who said that. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, uh, Nada, your next quote is, if you quit once, it becomes a habit. Never quit. Michael That's Jordan. That's a Canfield quote. Chicken soup. Oh, that's incorrect. That. That's a bad oh, wow. I would have got that, that wrong, too. That is Michael, 50 motivational Michael Jordan quotes. Now, I'm not sure if he ever said these things. You know how these quote games right. go. He may yeah, have exactly. never said any of these things, but I'm just going off of the Google image here. Google I think Michael Jordan said, said it after he read Chicken Soup for the Soul, so that's it's probably right. right. Okay, here we go. Everything. This is for you, Walker. Mm-hmm. Right now it is... Uh, it's 1-0. Yeah, it's one nothing. still not his way. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. I think that's chicken soup. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> it's the first one I've gotten right, officially or unofficially. Thank okay, God. I think we have time for one more, and mm-hmm. it's going to go to Nada. And because he's the guest, this will be for the game. It's currently tied at 1-1. All right, let me propose if he misses it, I win. If he gets it, he wins. Let me propose that. I'm perfectly fine with that because you're probably going to end up winning because I'm going to mess this up. Find a good one here. Scrolling, scrolling. I'm Mm. looking. Michael Jordan or chicken soup, nada, for the game. Here we go. The quote is, limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. Chicken soup. It's Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh no! You know who's That's good right. at basketball? That Michael is a good one. Jordan. Wow, Walker, you pulled it out right at the end. You know what? Fourth quarter is my time. That's when I show up, Fourth and quarter. that's how we came Fourth back quarter. Quarter. to win the MJ or Chicken Soup Championship. <laughs> that's Nada Edwards. You can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. We'll have Nada on or try to at least throughout the season. Although that's during your busy time, so I don't know if I just yeah kind yeah of made that, you that, come that back, may not happen but... as much. I, I, I only <laughs> make I may only make kick in the door every once every okay. two months during the regular season. We'll okay, see. that's fine. Um, Doug, I mean he lives here, so we'll probably see him a little bit more than Nada. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Branson L O H. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail. And make your second listen, Locked On NBA. After you make us your first listen, all shows on the Locked On Podcast Network are available anywhere you get your pods. Especially Locked On NBA, though, check that one out because it's a thirty-minute update on everything taking place within the association. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>